sing you a song you probably all know very well now because it was recorded by Cat Stevens and made very popular. But actually, I remember I used to sing it in infant school. It was a hymn and it's called Morning Has Broken. <laughs> Folks, that was a Welsh crooner from the 1970s uh, by the name of Mary Hopkin. Uh, she was singing at the uh, Royal Albert Hall and offering up Morning Has Broken. Um, it's a lovely, lovely song from that era that we remember on beautiful summer mornings like this. 
Welcome one and all to the Tiny Gospel Radio Hour. It's brought to you live here on Facebook by Poolsville Presbyterian Church, deep in the heart of Montgomery County, Maryland's Agricultural Reserve. I'm your pastor for today, uh, David Williams, and we'll be together for the next little while listening to some good Jesus music of all sorts. We'll be offering up prayers, we'll be listening to scripture, and we'll be centering ourselves down in the grace of the gospel. I would remind folks to take a look at your announcements for this upcoming week. Um, Announcements this week um, include a range of different things, but uh, one of those to attend to, not this next week, uh, which will be Fourth of July weekend, but the week after, we will be attempting, uh, dependent on weather and uh, recommendations from local authorities, everything seems to be indicating we might be able to have an outdoor worship on the 12th on the grounds of the church. Um, reasonably separated, um, and simultaneously casting out to Facebook in the event that you are either non-local or are um, still feeling uncomfortable getting out. Uh, so keep your eyes and ears open to your church email uh, for uh, further information about that gathering. And again, it'll be outdoors and that'll be weather contingent. So if it's one of those mornings where the skies have opened up, um, if morning has broken means more than just wet dew on the grass, then we'll, we'll probably reconsider and try it another day. But uh, we're looking forward to that. It'll be nice to get together in person. Um, if there are any other announcements to be shared, please feel free to notify us if there are things that need to be shared with community. Uh, but now we're going to uh, to proceed on with our worship. Um, and this next piece of music that we're going to be listening to uh, reflects something that is uh, comes out of our our plans for um, doing stuff a little differently this summer. Uh, Monica, our music director, is pulling together a series of interviews, classes, listening sessions on the American spiritual as a form of worship, as a form of prayer, and as a cultural expression. Um, so what we're going to be listening to now is part of a and informs that spiritual series. It's a, a version of an old classic called Let the Church Roll On, being sung by the Hall Johnson Choir. Uh, so I'd invite everybody to sit back and listen to the spiritual and remember that that's on Wednesdays. That's a thing we're going to be doing as we move further into the summer. Keep an eye here on Facebook and in your announcements for, uh, for our plans on that front. Let's give the Hall Johnson Choir a listen. Let the church roll on. Let the church roll on. Let the church roll on. My Lord, let the church roll on. Hypocrite in the church. Now that ain't right. Well, what you gonna do? Have him up, turn him out, and let the church roll on. Let the church roll on. Take a 
his dice, turn him out, and, and let, let the church roll on. Let the church roll on. My Lord. Let the church roll on. My Lord. Let the church roll on. My Lord. Let the church roll on. There's a drunker in the church. My Lord. Now that ain't right. My Lord. Well, what you gonna do? Take a liquor, turn him out, and, and let, let the church roll on. Let the church roll on. My Lord. Let the church roll on. Let the church roll on. My Lord. Let the church roll on. Black Saturday in the church. My Lord. Now that ain't right. Well, what you gonna do? Have him up, turn him out, and, and let the church roll on. Turn him out and, and let the church roll on. 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 Right Lord, let the church roll on. There's dancers in the church. Now that ain't right. Well, what you gonna do? Have them up, turn him out and, and let, let the church roll on. That was the Hall Johnson Choir singing Let the Church Roll On, a recording that's well over a hundred years old. So still hearing those voices raising up the spirit a century later. It's one of the blessings of this media era. Now, as we continue to center ourselves in on Christ this morning, let's, let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray. Gracious and merciful God, there are times and days when we just feel we have nothing to offer. We're exhausted, we're frustrated, we feel down. We can feel depleted and anxious and dry as a bone. And on those days, we wonder if there's anything at all we can contribute to the world. We doubt ourselves. We doubt that we are loved and that we have anything to offer. And when we do that, we close ourselves off from your calling on our life. As we allow our anxieties and our fears and our angers to rule us, we lose sight of the possibilities you have placed before us. Remind us, gracious God, that even though we may feel many days like we have nothing to give, we are always able to offer up Christ's love and your grace. 
Oh Lord, please reassure us of this. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. And as we have said, our fears and our anxieties before our God, so too now do we listen for the assurance of Christ's pardon. Hear the good news. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might be dead to sin and alive to what is good. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we're forgiven. Amen. In this time, it's really easy to feel our hearts troubled, to feel anxious and fearful. And from that anxious fear, to seek out things that feed our anxiety. To seek out things that feed and kindle our anger. But God seeks to give us peace. And so right now, let's listen to a song that evokes peace, both listen to and watch. Uh, what we're going to do now is shift over to a little bit of music that comes to us from the Taze community. This is a, an ecumenical community in France that focuses on the grace and goodness of the gospel as it expresses itself across all kinds of different cultural frameworks. And today's song is going to be brought to us in Spanish, so I'm going to pitch up a video where we're going to listen to it in Spanish, and then we're going to also be able to watch it subtitled for those of you who are not native Spanish speakers. So we're going to listen to a song, Nada te turbe, um, Let Nothing Trouble You, coming out of the Taze community. Let's sit back and strive to be untroubled.
was Nada de Torbe from the Taze community in France. And it's just a lovely, calming, calming song. Let's now open our hearts, now hopefully calm, to the hearing of Scripture. I'm going to virtually invite forward uh, Elder Lisa to give us our first two readings for today. Good morning. Our first reading is from Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4 and 15 through 18. I will sing of your steadfast love, O Lord, forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build your throne for all generations. Happy are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They exult in your name all day long and extol your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One in Israel. The next reading is from Jeremiah 28, verses 5 through 9. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. 
As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for that word, Lisa. We're at that point in the service when we bring forward a worship buddy. Those are the little guys who hang out in the basket at the front of the sanctuary. The kids can take with them uh, little stuffed animal dudes who uh, keep kids company in worship. And um, we've already got our worship buddy sitting out there in uh, today's today's diorama. Um, and uh, our little dog looks a little sleepy today, just a, just a tiny bit. He's resting. I've got an old dog at home, and she does a lot of resting, too. And um, We've played during this time all sorts of different versions of Jesus Loves Me, because that's what we listen to. And I'm thinking something maybe a little bit more classical in our quest to find every good version and every variant version of Jesus Loves Me that has ever been performed, which seems to be our, our goal in this pandemic season. Um, and so what we're going to do is um, we, while a little doggy rests there, let's, uh, let's listen to a, a very interesting composition of Jesus Loves Me. Um, it's uh, not being played on uh, Glockenspiel. It's not being played on any peculiar thing, but it's it's Jesus Loves Me for four cellos. So we're going to switch over and watch four cellists give us a an interestingly composed version of Jesus Loves Me. And it might not sound like Jesus Loves Me at first, but trust me, we're going to get there. So let's let's give that a watch, why don't we?
Jesus Loves Me for Four Cellos, a lovely arrangement and quite a blessing to have to hear to get a chance to hear that. Um, and we'll continue our journey through all the variant Jesus Loves Me versions of the world um, next time out. It's uh, been fun doing that search and hopefully fun for y'all listening to as we work our way through our worship buddy time with Jesus Loves Me. And look, it didn't, our little dog managed to stay asleep that whole time. Oh. Um, we're now going to go again into God's Word. Our third scripture reading for today is drawn from the Gospel of Matthew. I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. That's Matthew 10, 40 through 42. Let us listen again. In the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious God, grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations in the hearts and in the minds of each and every one gathered here, grant that they might be acceptable in your sight. O our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Summer is now solidly upon us. And things are still a, a little weird, still a little different, still a little unsettled in the world around us. We get out and about carefully still, moving furtively as we dip our toes back into the water of everyday life. And our dipping of the toes feels a little less like when you dip your toe into the water to say, oh, is this water too cold? Like that first time you go to the pool in the summer and you, you know you should just dive right in, but you stick your toe and you're like, yes, it is kind of cold. Uh, it's not that kind of what's the temperature of the water like as we re-enter life. It's more like we're dipping our toe into the water and wondering, are there still piranhas in the water? It's more that kind of feeling. But there are ways that we manage to keep ourselves engaged now. One of the greatest blessings as these months have passed for me, one of the things that has helped keep me settled as we try to figure out how we can re-enter, is the life that comes from just tending the gardens in the front of my house. That batch of raised beds and the half-barrel-sized growing pots that sit around the front of my house give me something to do every day that gets me out and into the world and under the sun and into the light and air. Every day, those gardens give me a reason to step outside, get away from these screens, and do something. And that's been watering. Every couple of days when the storms haven't dropped buckets of fat tropical rain into the yard, times of harvesting. As the summer has moved along, or circumstances have called for it, we've had several harvests already because those new potatoes had to come out a little bit early as 
The foliage began showing signs of early blight, and that just meant, well, I guess it's roast potatoes for the next couple of days, and the carrots that we've been holding off on a little bit, but we're basically ready, came on out to join the potatoes in the oven, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of salt, very satisfying. And the beans are coming along, as are the onions and even more carrots. And the weeds, the weeds are coming along. Those grasses and little tree sprouts that just seem to love the rich soil that I've carefully created and those boxes. They've come bopping out of the soil pretty much every day. So every day as I inspect the garden, I weed. And if I'm doing it right, that does mean weeding pretty much every day because you can't not weed. You can't say, oh, I'm just going to let things go for a while. Because if you let things go for a while too long, it becomes like you're trying to weed the grass from your lawn. That stuff just pops up and pops up and pops up. It's just got all this energy to it. And so I'm always, every day, go out, check for the things that don't belong. I'm checking for the things that are going to try to crowd out my beets or try to overgrow my carrots or try to take the nutrients away from my tomatoes, all those little shoots you've got to watch for and keep on rooting up. And I do that, but with an exception. I don't pull everything that comes up unexpectedly. Some things I leave, even though I didn't plant them. And mostly what I've been leaving lately are tomatoes. Because you can tell as those first little leaves blossom out of the ground, you can tell that this is a little tomato coming up. And unlike with the grass where I'll yank it out and try to get the roots out, or um, when I see it's a, little it's a little tomato, that's not my reaction. I'm like, hey, little buddy. I'll say, look at you go. Because I appreciate those volunteer, unexpected, unanticipated, plants. And they're not as big as the better boys that I've got really growing up, but they do okay. I mean, they're rising up. They're maybe two-thirds the size of the plants I meant to put in, but they've still got the flowers flowering and these little Roma tomatoes budding forth that are actually going to be just as delicious and the right, not necessarily slicing tomatoes, but the right-sized tomato just pop in your mouth and a little burst of sweet goodness. But I didn't put them there. I didn't. Who planted them? Well, mostly the chipmunks that I despise and the squirrels that are my enemies, the same little devils that sat there tantalizing me last summer as they took one of my planted juicy tomatoes, sitting there with it in their paws on the edge in the corner of my raised bed, looking at me while I glower at them and bang on the kitchen window. They're not going anywhere. And I'll come storming out, and it'll look at me indignantly. It's like, what, this is your tomato? It was just sitting here. I'm not stealing it. It was just sitting here. And, and I'm helping. I'm going to plant it, see? And then it'll drop the half-eaten tomato down and... I kind of leave it there because, well, you know, that's how you get volunteers. That's how you get the unexpected help. You leave the seeds that you didn't plan for. And they just do what they did. And the tomatoes that come forth are kind of a bonus blessing. They come from 
an unexpected place of help. And I'm willing to welcome those as part of the harvest of my garden. And Matthew's Gospel today talks about welcoming things that come from unexpected sources. About being grateful for those graces that come to us outside of our own expectations. And that is an interesting thing to get from Matthew because Matthew's gospel is a gospel that comes to us out of a crucible of conflict and tension. Many scholars of the Bible believe that Matthew is a later gospel that comes to us from a time written down after Jerusalem had fallen and at a time when the church was experiencing unusual conflict. The gospel likely reached its final written form towards the end of the first century when Christianity was facing a great tearing tension because early Christians then were struggling with the reality of this question. Can you be Christian and still part of the Jewish community? During the early days of the church, yeah, it was. It was a thoroughly Jewish movement. By, but by the time Matthew's gospel was written down, Judaism had just experienced a wrenching blow. The zealots had risen up in revolution to throw off Roman rule, and Rome did what Rome did, was it sat on them hard, bringing six legions of crack troops against Jerusalem, and after a long and desperate siege, the city fell in the year 70. Everything was destroyed, even Herod's temple, great and glorious, rebuilt after the Babylonian destruction, meant to be even greater than the Temple of Solomon. It was razed to the ground, all of the wealth stripped from it, all of the gold torn away, and Judaism was struggling to find itself. And what it found was that in those places where Christianity had engaged in Judaism, with, in those synagogues, early Christians were other. And that meant a lot of tension in families, tension in communities. And the section we heard this morning actually comes right after the section we heard last week, which is one of the most difficult parts of Jesus's teaching as recorded in Matthew's gospel. Remember from last week where Jesus, the Prince of Peace, says he has not come to bring peace but a sword and he's going to set families and friends one against each other, which, as we remember last week, was just the right thing for a Father's Day reading. Sons against their fathers. It's exactly what we wanted to hear. But it speaks to a truth from that time in history. Because the Gospel of Matthew was written for a people who were in the middle of a great struggle for their identity. They were being cast out of the synagogue for their newborn faith. But as they left, they were leaving people they loved. They were separated from the loved ones who remained. And so the question must have been asked by those early Christians, what about those on the other side? What happens to those people who still love us, have shown grace to us, who have cared for us, but haven't journeyed this new path with us? What happens to them? 
That's a question that was asked back then, and it's a question that is still being asked. What is it that happens to those who don't profess your faith? Human beings, particularly those of us who have a strong sense of the grace and the love of Christ, who know him in our hearts, who know him personally, have a great deal of difficulty damning those who have shown grace to us, those who have been gentle with us, those who have welcomed us in. And here in this little passage of Matthew, the writer of this gospel goes back to Jesus' teachings to say, you know, perhaps there is space in his grace to remember those who welcomed him in to remember all who showed kindness. Remember, it's Matthew, after all, who gives us the only detailed story about what Jesus had to say about the last judgment, the final metric, the measure of whether we are a sheep or a goat, whether we are a valued part of God's flock or not. That story comes to us in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, where Jesus reminds his listeners that it isn't our church membership, it isn't our conviction of our own salvation that counts. When the Son of Man divides up the sheep and the goats, the standard he uses, according to Jesus in Scripture, is this. It is how we have cared for those in need, how we have comforted those in times of need, how we have visited those who are in prison, how we have reached out to those who are struggling under oppression, how we have dealt with those who need to hear God's grace and see it manifested. As you treat with these little ones, Jesus says, that's how you welcome or do not welcome me. And in this passage, it takes that same idea and builds that out. God will measure God's grace on how those who love him were comforted, how they were welcomed, how every little unexpected grace note in life was offered to us by an unanticipated other. We are meant to welcome in those unanticipated moments of grace, those places where God acts in ways that subvert and transcend our expectations. Because that's part of God's harvest of grace too, and it's not our place to judge it or condemn it. We shouldn't forget those moments of grace we have received, just as it makes no sense if we are Growing tomatoes, we've got our plan, we've got things mapped out, and somehow, through the working of squirrels, those little devils, from the working of them, there's also a harvest. If I'm welcoming up a harvest of tomatoes, if you're going to grow me aroma, I'm going to welcome it. We have to be willing to welcome the unexpected, and when we encounter welcome and hospitality and grace and goodness to acknowledge it for the blessing that it is. Do not forget those moments of unanticipated grace. Embrace them. Reserve judgment for God. 
and trust that grace and kindness, mercy and goodness matter to our Creator. Let us hold fast to gracious hospitality and welcome in this time. And let that be so for you and for me. Amen. We are now once again going to go to God in prayer. For today's prayers of the people, I will virtually invite forward Elder Catherine Bellamo to give us our prayers of the people for today. Please join me in prayer. Dear God, who can change the human heart? Is it worth the try or is it predetermined? Are beings fixed by nature or by nurture, so that once we find ourselves in adulthood, there's little we can do to change ourselves? We are the people who we are, no more, no less. But Lord, you say no to this. Genes do not set the universe in stone. The precious human spirit is not restrained by memories or sin, predetermined by our past. Flexibility and change is built inside each one of us, so living may be liberty, the soul may be set free. The gospel says, be liberated, change. This word secures the freedom of the human heart, and your Son, Jesus Christ, has forever changed hate to love, loss to gain, dark to light, and fear to trust. For when the barriers break, we find true liberty, not within ourselves, but in the very heart of you, our Lord and Savior. Blessed Jesus, use us in whatever state we are. If we are ill, then use our sickness. If we are healthy, use our well-being. If we are upset, use our sadness. If we are joyful, use our exuberance. We willingly offer all of ourselves to you this day to be your welcoming presence here on earth, knowing and trusting that you will make sense of all things in your good time. Lord, we ask that you receive our prayers for the world. We ask for healing for all those who are sick, depressed, anxious, dealing with chronic health issues or addictions. We especially ask for comfort for Bill, Jackie, Miss Edwards, for Kim and Elise and Sal, for Susan and Gary and Jan, for Roy, for Annie, for Walt, for Noland, for Wid, for Pat and Stan, for Lynn and Priscilla and Doreen. Anya and Nanette and Kojo and for all those affected by the coronavirus. We pray for our world during the COVID-19 pandemic. May our leaders make wise decisions, a vaccine be developed quickly, and we heed advice from experts, and that as restrictions lessen, we act responsibly. We pray for our country May we strive to live peacefully, respecting all our brothers and sisters, regardless of ethnicity, 
social class, or orientation, and speak out against hatred, violence, and disrespect. We pray for comfort and peace for those grieving the loss of a loved one, especially the family and friends of those who have died from COVID-19. And Lord, we lift our voices in praise and joy today for the blessings of marriage and of a world full of beauty and wonder. We ask that you hear our prayers, both those spoken here and those to which we have not given voice, but that weigh upon our hearts. Hear us, O Lord, as we lift our voices across the divide of space, but together in the body, as we join in the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue with our worship, This is the point in the service where I remind folks that this ministry is sustained by your support, uh, by the gifts of time and the gifts of resource that you offer up to this community. And so if you wish to support the church and support us financially so that we can continue to provide ministry within this community, Uh, You can do so by going to www.poolprez.com, right above my head there. Uh, You can go to that website, and at the bottom of the page is a form that allows for regular donations. We also take take them the old classic way, via writing a check. So you can send or mail a check to Poolsville Presbyterian Church, Post Office Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. That's Poolsville Presbyterian Church, Post Office Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. And that address, again, right there on the website. Uh, we're going to listen to a little bit more music now. Um, listen to and watch. Um, one of the things when you're looking for worship music online, um, it's sort of nice seeing people sing together. I do miss that. Um, so uh, one of the things, one of the songs I enjoy um, is uh, "When a Poor One" or "Cuando el Pobre." Um, and this version you're about to watch and listen to comes to us from the choir and congregation of First Plymouth Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, So from uh, Good Christian Souls at First Plymouth Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, let's listen to When a Poor One, Cuando el Pobre.
that was when a poor one, Quando el Pobre, um, coming to us from a couple years back. I think that's a 2015 rendition from First Plymouth Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. And it was a welcome song. It's one of those lilting tunes that I enjoy singing together when we've been together. So right now we're getting ready to wrap up the Tiny Gospel Radio Hour for this week. Um, you can tune in again next week right here on Facebook or stream the podcast from poolprez.com right up there. Um, we are blessed in this time to have an opportunity to connect with people differently, to engage in forms of welcome, but also to receive welcome. Like One of the hardest things in our culture is the tendency to think grace flows only from us and only from those like us. But in today's passage, Matthew's Gospel reminds us that grace and welcome, goodness and kindness, blessing, can come to us from unexpected sources. That we who are little ones should be willing to accept those unexpected graces as a mark of God's love and to know that no grace, no kindness, no goodness will be rejected by the one who is goodness, kindness, grace, and mercy made flesh. Remember that as we step out into a world where grace often seems lacking. Embrace grace wherever you encounter it and let your heart similarly be turned to welcome and hospitality and kindness from even the most unexpected sources. Hold on to that as part of this way that Christ has taught. So now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, may they be and abide with us today and tomorrow and our whole lives long. Amen. We started out our service with music coming to us from the Royal Albert Hall, a lovely rendition of Morning is Broken. Now we're going to Listen again from Royal Albert Hall, where apparently they do hymns and stuff all the time, um, to uh, a version of Here I Am, Lord, um, sung both by the choir and everyone in attendance. So let's give that a listen as we head out of worship today. I will make the 
Y'all have a blessed week.